Welcome to Hayden Films Verge, episode number two. I'm your host, Hayden Crudoff. And I am your co-host, Alec Barber. So, Hayden, episode one, already in the books. We're on to episode two. Who's our most super amazing guest we have this time? Oh my gosh, thanks for asking. I mean, we have our friend, mentor, Chris Saracino, author of The Theory of Five. Hey we are going to have a fantastic conversation. Um, this is just going to be a great show. Looking forward to it. All right. I think that's going to be our most amazing episode yet. I mean, The Theory of Five is going to be an amazing topic point as well. And there's a man that... Oh, my gosh. Hey, how you doing? Mr. Chris Saracino. Yes, Excited please. To be here. Have a seat. Join us. How was your um, How was your day? I know you're getting ready for your big Great. trip to um, Florida. Yes, tell Le us leaving, about um, leaving on Wednesday. You leave on Wednesday. Leave okay. on Wednesday. First thing in the morning, get up at four in the morning. My flight the boards at five fifty a.m. Okay, and I'm down at the Infinity Store working by uh, ten fifteen. Now, do you stay down there? Which Which the uh, length of time are you down there? Twenty days, fifteen days, ten. Uh, right I mean, now, I've been down there. I would say uh, twenty five days a month. Okay, twenty five days there. a month, yeah. and then then you're up here for five. Yeah, yeah, down there we have the Ford store and the Infinity store. Okay. We bought the Infinity Store January 17th. All right. Uh, very excited about it. So and tell our we're... listeners, I mean, you've been in the automotive industry for, for a very long time, oh, but no. tell, us, uh, tell us about that process. How did you get into the automotive industry and, you know, what, what was the, your drive and passion about it? Really by accident. Yeah. I mean, I um, was at a gym one day in 1984 and I was... Uh, talking to uh, one of the guy, one of my friends, telling him that I'm going to be uh, going to Philadelphia each day to work for an ad agency, and uh, but I didn't really want to drive. Sure. Uh, my my nickname in college was Magoo, so I wasn't <laughs> the best driver. I didn't want to drive to Philly every day, and I had somebody say, "You should sell cars," and I remember saying. I know nothing about cars, uh -huh. and uh, one of the guys go, but you know people, you know everybody in the gym, and that's what's important, knowing people, caring about people, and treating people no different than if it's your friend or relative. Awesome, awesome. All right. So, um, Kutztown, Kutztown University. Yes. So, take us a little bit back. We're going to start way back. Our listeners, <laughs> our viewers, you know, they're, they're so inspired nowadays in, in the journey to become an entrepreneur. So, when you originally left Kutztown University or Kutztown State at the time, yeah. I think it was, right? It turned into a university, I believe, the last year. Okay, the last year? Yeah. Um, what was that process like your first year out of school? Well, um, my getting your feet wet, so to speak. My first job was in automotive. Okay, I mean, first right started, out of yeah, college. Right out of college. I mean, okay. it was uh, within a few weeks. I, In my mind, I figured I was just gonna do this. I, there was a dealership called Rue Olsenbeel okay. on t 15th and sure. Tillman. And uh, I was working out at the Olympic gym, which is right by the fairgrounds uh -huh. for the local folks that are uh, listening. And um, uh, that's when I had the guy approach me and said mm -hmm. about selling cars. I thought, I'll do this until I find something I really wanna sure. do. And it was really the, only activity that made me feel because I'm competitive I wrestled from uh -huh. second grade through my freshman year in college it made me feel like getting my hand raised in the middle of a mat okay. uh, when you sold the car and it wasn't that it was a winner or loser it was really a win-win because -win. Uh -huh. the customer was happy I was happy so it gave me that same feeling that same hot that same natural high so I think that's why I stayed with it and I know the harder you work the better you did okay okay so you talked about wrestling briefly and how that influenced your mm -hmm. um, future career and everything like that were there any other key moments from that time that helped influence men who you are today I would say uh, you know, wrestling was a key because I believe that if you're not a tall person, all men, I feel like you want to be able to take care of yourself physically. Yeah. And I think as you're growing up, if, you're, if you know you can take care of yourself physically, you feel confident in yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think that helped with my confidence and the competitive spirit. But I was very fortunate right out of uh, 
college also, I start working out with a gentleman by the name of Bob Plar. He was an owner of uh, Dorney Park. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. The guy was well-known. He was a local celebrity in this area. He owned a Castle Gardens. He had Dorney Park that he was a partner in. Uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger would come in town, he'd go to visit him. Mm-hmm. And Vince McMahon, if you know anyone's a pro sure, wrestling, wrestling fan, fans, uh, course, he would, yeah, he would uh, visit him. And I start working out with Bob every morning. He was a recon ranger in the okay. Marines. Oh, wow. So I start working out with him every morning at 4.30. Wow. We started, and uh, I remember him challenging me, saying nobody makes it past a month. Uh-huh. Uh, working with me, and we did it for 10 years. Oh, so wonderful. for 10 years, uh, he was a great mentor. Uh, he's about 12 years older than I am. Okay. So he constantly would challenge me. He's the one that really changed the philosophy I started uh, to getting myself to think and believing in myself, and I could mm-hmm. be more than I wanted to be. I mean, I had certain goals. He sort of changed my goals, and when I told him what I wanted to do in life, he's like, you're so much more. Uh, and I think that's the most important part is when you're dealing with mentors is they really have to get you believing in yourself. I think the toughest sale we ever have in life is selling yourself sure. on what you want to do and what you believe you can do. Definitely, definitely. Walk us through. Now, I know you're, you're vice president of a large dealer group in the Lehigh Valley, and mm-hmm. I know you have stores down in Melbourne, Florida, too, mm-hmm. and you have one up in Easton. What was the process going from a salesperson to uh, manager, and, and if I'm correct on previous conversations, didn't you leave the auto industry for a brief moment and, and came back? What was the process of getting where you are today? Well, I started in an auto sale. I never wanted to do anything but sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing why when you have a spouse that challenges you, and uh, she was challenging me, my spouse was at that time said, you have two friends that left and used to sell more cars to them, and you did better than they did. Uh, and now they are so far ahead of you because they joined a bigger group, which was the Kelly Automotive Group. Okay. Uh, and the first group I worked with, they were all family members. Sure. You, had, you had three uh, uh, brothers that were you know, in their 50s at the time, and then there were three sons my age. And I knew I really wasn't had, didn't have any opportunity for advancement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the more my wife kept challenging me and my two friends that left, uh, the more I thought, you know what, maybe I should give management a try. Sure. And, um, my philosophy was really no more than being a coach because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a wrestling coach mm-hmm. uh, when I got out of college also. And so I looked at management no different than coaching people. That if you, when you're coaching people, you want them to do great. Uh, you want to see them do well. Uh, so I think that's why I excelled is I never looked at it as I'm the boss. Yeah. I looked at it as we work together and my job is to make sure that you do the things that, that you achieve the goals you want to achieve but sometimes you don't want to do those things. So a coach, just just like in wrestling practice or any practice, they push you to do the extra reps. They push mm-hmm. you to work out a little bit harder. Definitely. That's the same in auto sales or any sales. It's the extra phone calls. It's the little things that, that we do in life. That sets yourself apart from everyone I, else. Exactly. I, I've always had um, Mr. Kelly used to say to me, Chris, the difference between having an average life and a great life is that is much. This much. And, that, and that's it's the, the same. little things we exactly. do I every mean, day. You look at the difference between an elite athlete and you know a subpar athlete. It's just that little bit of extra work every single day. Yeah. Um, so everyone's talking about success, right? Everyone talks about success. Is there anything? I mean, goal-oriented wise, I know a lot of us uh, younger people, such as millennials and stuff, we have a whole outlet of different opportunities and stuff. It's kind of hard to decide and place our goals exactly where we want them in a solid state. What's your advice for, say, a younger guy like myself, trying to get himself into a more successful lifestyle, obtaining and uh, creating goals for himself? Well, I, I would say, you know, first of all, you have to find something you really enjoy. That mm-hmm. is, it's not a job to you. It's really mm-hmm. a sport or your passion or fun. Uh, so whatever is important to you, it's got to be intrinsic. 
Uh, and it's got to be something that you love the performing of its task, not that you're doing it because someone else is saying do it or else. Mm -hmm. uh, and that extrinsic motivation works only so far. It only works when someone's around pushing you. But you got to have that internal drive to make something happen. Uh, I also feel like you're going to find somebody that you look up to and say, you know what, I really like that person. And I like the way they behave because there's you don't have goals in just one area. You have, yeah. You're going to have goals in many different areas of life, in relationships, and as a parent, in finances, and in enjoying life. And you know, so there's so many different goals, and you won't have one mentor. You're going to have several different people that you look up to exactly. in different areas of life. I think that's a really good um, segue to um, let's talk about the theory of five and and how did some of these experiences from you know your journey to where you are, um, how did the book come about? Like, you know, tell us a little bit more about the Theory of Five and the foundation and where it's come from, where it's going, and, you know, things like that. Well, it's, it's a unique story. When I was working out with Bob Plore in the morning, uh, he would not allow us to listen to any news or music. It always was educational tapes that we listened to or vocabulary tapes, something to learn. Uh, so as we talked, he made a comment years ago that you become the average of the five people. Okay. that you spend the most time with. And that's sort of where the first philosophy came in called the theory of five. And the more uh, we evolved with it, and I start doing presentations at the Kelly Automotive Group and around the country, I would talk about at the very end of a presentation, it might be a sales presentation or a leadership presentation, mm -hmm. if I had five minutes left or 10 minutes left, I would talk about the theory of five, about the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. And I want, want to think about for the parents that are out there, if you're a parent, Every parent is concerned about who their children hang out with. We want to focus on them being around great people. But it doesn't change being that you're 57 years old or you're 50 years old or 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Who you surround yourself in makes a difference. And then the five most important categories that I realized that make people happy and pro prosperous was it was broken down to five main categories was spirituality. Mm -hmm. uh, it was your relationships with your spouse or significant other. It's if you become a parent or aunt or uncle, the relationship you have with, with children and making a difference in their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, finances, if you can't manage money, you know, it makes life easier when you can manage money and you understand money. And last but not le least, if we don't have our health, that makes a huge difference. So the five areas, it's the five people and the five areas of life that we want to focus in. And you might have one mentor for all five, but chances are you might have five different mentors sure. in each one of those areas. Exactly. So what you're saying is this book is sort of like an encompassment of a lifetime development of building yourself into a, a book. And I, you know, I never looked at myself as a writer. I would mm -hmm. say that I'm a C plus to B in writing. Uh, but I had a good friend of mine, Susan Gibbons, and I write for a magazine called Auto Success Magazine. And the way we do that is they have someone call me up, they interview me on the phone, I tell them what I want to talk about, they send me what they wrote up, and I make all the changes and they send it to me. Uh, and I had some, some challenges or unfortunate circumstances in life where I had two very close people, a son and a nephew, that passed in one year in a six-month period yeah. and I had three good friends that passed and and the more I thought about it I sort of looked start looking at life differently when you have mm -hmm. some tragedies and sure. I looked at it and said if there's any time to work on the theory of five and write a book it was and it took two years to work on it it was really a labor of love I never did it with the mindset of hey I'm doing this to make money it was really more of a more of a gift, I thought, yeah. to my family and my well, children and grandchildren. It becomes part of your legacy yeah. at that point. Yeah. So, that's so, I mean, you talked about the, the challenges, your, your tragedies. Would you consider those hurdles at the time that seem, 
you know, um, instrumentable, like you weren't going to be able to overcome these hurdles? I mean, like what really pulled you through some of those dark times and then put this to paper? I mean, was it someone special that really pushed you hard? What's what's the, the, the process for our listeners or viewers? I out think there? that's a great question. I, I think it's knowing that I wasn't alone and yeah. you, know, you had other people. I had, you know, other relatives, uh, my wife, my, my uh, brother, mm-hmm. uh, my sister-in-law, the pain that we all went through, my, my other children. So, you know, g- given the fact that we all went through it and we all had to support each other and then the, then the support you had from other friends yeah. uh, that make a difference. So that, that's, that group of people you surround yourself mm-hmm. with will make a difference between being bitter or better. And uh, in life we had that choice so we could stay bitter about something that happens and ask why me or why did this happen or you could get better in life and, and sort of look at life and say, you know what, what am I going to do to make a difference in, in, in my life and other people's mm-hmm. lives? So you, would you say that this particular book, Theory of Five, can help um, people looking for a standard nine to five job, an entrepreneurship, a person looking to start their own business? How can some of these theories help people from both sides, just a standard worker versus an entrepreneur perhaps? Well, because it's about all different areas of life, and the way we wrote the book, it was not written that you had to read it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. You could pick, as long as you read the first 40 pages, you could jump to any chapter you want or any segment uh, that you want. But I, I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that anybody could read this book, uh, and they would read it and say, either would confirm what they already know and say, you know what, I know that, but I'm not living it right now, yeah. or it's going to make a difference in, in somebody's life. But I, I've had some tremendous phone calls uh, from people. Uh, I had a phone call from a gentleman, probably the, the one that stood out to me the most. And I think I mentioned this to you privately, yeah. uh, that I had a gentleman that called me up that was going through a divorce. Mm. Uh, and um, he called up and told me he was ready to commit suicide that day. Wow. Oh uh, and he said, I read your section when you went through your divorce. And uh, he said, you described what I'm going through, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm exactly feeling and the heartbreak I'm going through. And, I, and the more I read this, I realized what you went through. And I look at your life and I've talked to you before. Mm-hmm. It, it, I made me realize I could get through. And if you're ever wondering if this made a difference in someone's life, you absolutely had because it made a difference in my life and my family's life. So, uh, so that was the most impa- no, the impactful phone call that, I, that no, I've that's ever had. And, and something you would never expect uh, to get a phone call. Well, I mean, when you have someone that you personally impacted, I mean, last night, for example, I ended up getting a phone call, and I'm not going to go into the specifics of the phone call, but um, it was with a current student of mine that is with the Heaton Films Institute, and um, he's dealing with something extremely challenging. And I got a call last night at like 11:23 p.m., and I had my phone connected to watch some Netflix, and I saw the phone, the, you know, his name come over the phone. I said, I think I need to answer this, um, and it was a challenging phone call, and I was just really inspired just by getting the call mm-hmm. that he thought of me as a mentor to, to handle some of the um, darkness that he was dealing with. So, um, you know, I think the theories here are, are, are definitely universal, but I think the most important thing that I've gotten out of um, reading the Theory of Five is, is applying some of these um, theories. And I think the application of the theories, um, and I know you've talked about some of yes. these on your trip to California. 
Yes. Yeah, so when I was the, when I was reading throughout the Theory Five, the business and financial section was um, very informational because you talk about the specifics of uh, setting goals. You don't want to do just like an overall cloud term goal, like say, oh, I want a house. But you label out specifically what kind of house it is. You want the exact measurements, the kind of financial plan that you want. And that actually sort of helped me in my development of getting my own apartment just recently, actually, by being fiscally responsible and planning out accordingly. Yeah. So I think this book is a big impact and a big help. And I'd also like to touch for a second on the spirituality section because spirituality is one of the five theories. But this book is also about the development of self. Do you think in life... It's sort of a balancing act between your spiritual and your physical life that makes you a success. Where, where does that, where do those two cross? I, I, when I talk to uh, a lot of my friends and they ever talk about the word balance, I, I always say uh, uh, harmonious. Mm-hmm. Because what is, what is a harmonious life for me and you might be different? Sure. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be equal in those five areas. Uh, it may, depending on your lifestyle that you have. Uh, maybe one area that you have, it may be family or your, that might be 50%. But I think at the end of the day, we have to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, I have a harmonious life and I feel good about each one of these areas. Mm-hmm. And in reality, as, as you age and go through life, you're going to have one area that's a little bit more of a focus than another. It might be spirituality if something's happening in your life, or that might be always number one. It might be all of a sudden you had a heart attack or somebody you knew, something, and you spent a little bit more time on fitness. Mm-hmm. It might be that your children need more, more uh, of a relationship or your parents need more help at one time. So that will change as life goes on. And, and as much as I'm saying that right now, and if you're younger, you might look at that and say, eh, I, don't, I don't know if that's really going to change. Sure. Uh, trust me, as you go through your 30s, 40s, 50s, and you're going into things it's change and priorities change because there's different people out there that may need you and your focus has changed and life happens and you sort of have to look at it in a certain way and put a little bit more balance or focus in that area that will throw that balance off but it's got to be harmonious to you because uh, my belief is that you can't support and guide other people if you're not supporting and helping yourself if you don't Absolutely. love yourself and take care of yourself it's next to impossible to take care of the people that, you're, that exactly. you need and love so you got to make sure that your mind and your body is is right and you can take care of yourself so that you can support the other people out there wonderful so you talk about adjusting with the theory of five and the different aspects throughout your life as you age and more and stuff um, do you ever find yourself going back to any one specific when you're interacting with another person like say older or younger or do you find yourself putting in a different philosophy into their life at a situation in which they're at at that moment well that's a great question and and you know it's funny because I I believe that every one of us are like chameleons Mm -hmm. Uh, that every one of us have a group of friends you might have that group of friends and especially as you age you have the group of friends you knew when you were younger you talk about old times and you laugh and you may clown around you have the new friends that you meet that more be focused on that will be more focused on business or health or fitness so we all are chameleons and we all have as you age you have certain group of friends that you meet in certain times that you talk about those times uh, and what makes better and what's more of a focus so I have my my business friends that we really focus and we love mm-hmm. to talk about business we have friends that I have I've had since second grade that we talk about that uh, I will ha- ha- say that I I still have friends that we get together uh, and I've had since second grade that we sort of just talk about life yeah, yeah that's, you know, a, yeah, that's yeah. I, I agree with you 100% I mean I have a, a long life um, friend 
Um, and, you know, we've been doing things for years now. We, we go to Comic-Con every two years. You just painted their, our new logo on the wall. I saw that getting so, put up on the, yeah, on the video. So it's, it's just a great thing, uh, you know, friendships and, and the journey that we're on. Um, so tell us a little bit more about where people can um, find the Theory of Five, how they can engage the Theory of Five, okay. um, and what's next for the Theory of Five. So the, the Theory of Five, you can get on uh, theoryoffive.com okay. on the website. You yeah. can get the book, the... Uh, the soft cover, the, the paperback book, version. Yeah, paperback on Amazon. You could get the ebook. Okay. Uh, you could get the uh, paperback book, and I think it's in nine different countries now that we oh, have wow. it on the website. So awesome, beautiful. It's in nine different countries that you could you could buy it uh, from. Sure, and I just want to just tell all of our listeners and our viewers: if you use HFI nineteen, you can get the book paperback. No yeah. charge, yes. and then it'll just be a shipping cost to wherever you need to go, correct? Yes, yeah, we have awesome. a company that ships it out to you. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so what's next? What's next for, for the project? I, I would say that I, I, the main goal is to get the book out to as many people as possible, uh, to do some presentations, you okay. know, what we're doing right now and talking about it. And, and uh, my end goal would be is that, that people share the story and share about the importance of hanging out and spending time with positive people. Sure. Because we all have that person that when that phone rings and you see their name pop up, that we look at it and say, oh, I don't have time for them right now. Exactly. And Versus. it might be out of loyalty that you that you still keep in touch with them, but people will treat us the way we allow them to treat us. And if we allow people that we've known from 20 years ago or current people to drag us down, mm -hmm. and all they do is, is you know talk about what's wrong in their life, yeah, we start getting resentful. And I think we owe it to the per each person to let them know, hey, this is how I feel when you try to throw that you know, that monkey on my back and, and what you're going through. And especially if you keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again and they don't make a change. Exactly. So I, I, I believe if you really care about people and mm -hmm. you love somebody, uh, you got to be tough. Definitely, you know, tough love, is, tough love is, is, is very important. As long as you know it's because you care about them. Exactly. If you truly care about somebody and love somebody, you let somebody know, hey, exactly. stop it. You know, this, yeah. is, this is about time to, so, to step up, grow up, and make things happen. Exactly. So, Chris, this is the time where we have uh, a new concept here at Hayden Films Verge and Hayden Films Verge Nation um, where you know we're going to have our guests Mm -hmm. Ask a question of our audience, of our listeners and viewers. So you have the mic right now to ask any question. It could be a focus group question. Mm -hmm. Any question that you want our viewers, because they're going to be able to engage on the podcast, they're going to be able to engage on the video. Mm -hmm. um, and you ask the question. And then the most important part about it is as the questions come in, we would love if, if you're available to engage those um, you know, viewers and listeners um, based on the questions. Well, in the book, I talk about something called an anti-mentor. Okay. And uh, the anti-mentor is somebody that uh, really is impactful in your life, but you learn what not to do. Mm -hmm. uh, because we have people that are in our life sometimes that could be a friend you've had out of obligation or a relative that you have that you look at it and say, you know, I just don't want to be like that person. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to think like that person. So I want, I want the listeners to say, okay, is there an anti-mentor in your life? And rather than be bitter about them, what can you learn from that person that you would say, hey, I'm going to make a commitment to myself. I'm not going to be like that person. Yep. I'm never going to behave like that person. I don't want to think that, like that person. Uh, so who is that anti-mentor that you have in your life? You know, what can you do to limit your time? I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm saying to limit your time and, and remember that, uh, that people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. And if you allow that person to keep throwing that all the bad information at you and, and you're getting frustrated and bitter, you owe it to yourself. 
So who's the anti-mentor? And then who in, who in your life do you have that you admire most? And what is it that you admire most about that person? And what are some specific behaviors and actions that they do that you would like to duplicate? That is a fantastic uh, set awesome. of questions. So Chris, again, we want to thank you for coming to the Hayden Films so Verge, much. episode number two. Oh, well, thank you, Bert. It was my honor. Oh, it was a pleasure having you. And I, and I hope to follow um, you um, throughout your journey for the Theory of Five. And we hope you can visit Same us here. Same here. I'm going to be following this. Exactly. I, I exactly. Just keep growing. And so we're going to um, reach out to our listeners and viewers right now. So if you guys want to be on our next Hayden Films Verge, please um, send us a DM on all of our social channels. Tag us at um, Hayden Films on Instagram or send us an email at info at HaydenFilmsInstitute.org. Make a difference. This is Hayden Cradoff and Alec Barber signing out. <laughs>